Ba ba boom, oh yeah, boom. Ba ba boom, say what? Boom. Ba ba boom, cool, cool, yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Larry's Pop Pod. I'm Chris Larry. I'm Amelia Larry. And we're doing something a little bit special. First time that we've done this uh, as the bulk of one of our episodes. We're doing something that we are forever now going to call the Verses episode. Do you want to tell them what the fine folks what that is? Yeah, so a Verses episode is basically we take one thing that is like another thing and we put them head to head. That's right. And so this week we're going to be looking at... Pink versus Taylor Swift. They both have new albums out, so we're going to put those albums versus each other. And, as we talked about on Holiday... Extravaganza! Uh, episode, which you can find, we posted last week, go back and listen to it, uh, that we were debating whether to see Thor or Justice League. Well, we ended up seeing both, and so now we have a versus Thor versus Justice League. And also... Uh, while we were in Maryland a couple weeks ago with a friend of the pod, Joe Moyer, we recorded actually a review of the Frozen digital short in front of Coco, and so we're going to run that as well. But we got a little bit of house cleaning. We still are running a promotion. Amelia, why don't you tell the people what the promotion is? So the promotion is you can you have to write a review for this. You can write a review on us on iTunes. And once we get to 15, we're going to put all your names in a hat, and we're going to pick out one, and you will get a free Brooklyn Bandana. Right. Brooklyn Bandana, one of our fine sponsors, has uh, agreed to give over a prize. So once we hit 15 reviews on iTunes, that's a written review and a star, cough, five-star review, that we will give away the Brooklyn Bandana. And the reason why that this is important to the show is this is how people find and discover the show on iTunes, and it really helps our presence on iTunes. So we really, 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 and hope you can go and give us a review. Please, 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 please ask you to do that one thing. So we will be right back for a look at our first versus battle, and that is Pink versus Taylor Swift. Brooklyn Bandanas, Brooklyn Bandanas, get out and get one today. Brooklyn Bandanas, Brooklyn Bandanas, no time to waste a rate. You can wipe your tears if you're feeling blue. Avoid a redneck and attract one too. You can hail a cab, wave it in the air. Put it in your back pocket, shake it year to year. Wrap it, wear it, dab it, tie it, hold it, knot it, wave it, buy it. Brooklyn Bandanas, Brooklyn Bandanas, get out and get one today. Go to www.brooklynbandanas.com to get yours today. Hello and welcome back. Now we are going to do the versus episode, Taylor Swift versus Pink. Let's first talk about Pink. Uh, what's the name of this Pink album? Beautiful Trauma. All right, so this is Pink's new album, Beautiful Trauma. One quick warning, parents out there, if you're concerned about F-bombs and S-bombs and those kind of thing, there is at least five or six explicit tracks on here. Yeah. So there is some language issues, so if you care about that, you're going to have to go and find the edits or the clean radio cut versions. Um, Also, Pink talks about some, you know, a little bit more mature subject matter. So it's not just the language itself, but also some of the the subject matter you may want to listen to first. So you have been warned. That said, this album is smoking. It is so good. 
It's a mix of different pink styles, the big dance tracks, the sort of slow ballads, the big anthem anthematic songs. This, especially coming off of um, the kind of soundtrack hit, Just Like Fire, really feels like a strong follow-up to that song. What's your fresh take? Yeah, so I love this album called Beautiful Trauma. My favorite song would be What About Us. It was her first single on this song, and I think... On this album. Yeah, on this album, sorry. And I think it's just a very strong song. What are the elements that you think are strong about it? It's very, like, kind of calming, but then when her voice comes out, it's just like, whoa. And on What About Us, the subject matter is really about, like, kind of the forgotten people, kind of really speaks to me on a kind of political level. It's definitely a very political song from Pink. Um, And you can hear that song. We're not going to play a clip for you. You can hear that song all over the radio everywhere. Let's talk about a couple deep cuts on this album that we really like. The song that the both of us are just listening to over and over again whenever we listen to it. What song is that? I'm Here. Just something it is explicit. Yes. And But it is a very good song. And yeah, I love it. And it's a big surprise at the end of the record. Yeah, every time we hear it at the end, we, we hit repeat on it like three or four times. Mm-hmm. It's another one. It's, it's It's got this very quiet ballad part. And then it has this great where it goes, you know, it really kicks in. And it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So why don't we hear a little clip of what I was badly humming right there. Question is clear. Let me ask you. like at the end of the album is Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. She uses the back of her throat and like very much projects her voice. So if she was in front of a big crowd, every single voice. Yeah, she really uses those pipes to full effect. So let's listen to a quick clip of Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. So the other half of our versus battle here is Taylor Swift and her new album, Reputation. It's already blowing up all kinds of sales figures. It's a huge record. She's obviously a huge pop star right now. What are your thoughts on the album? Let's get them out there. It was okay. Like, I'm a very big fan of Taylor Swift, but this album was just off. She We caught her off guard. It, it's got very much of that beat where it's like starts off slow and then it goes boom. And it's like boom, 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 boom. So it's like that. And basically every song. There's many songs that use some of the same electronic kind of like, yeah, like you said, like slow, sweet singing. And then the bass drops in and it gets all EDM, hip hop-y. That, 
it does sound good. In fact, we're going to play a little bit from Ready For It, where it's probably where she does it the most obvious, and it's one of the big singles right now. But you can hear that drop, that hook, in, like we said, like five or six other songs. So let's yeah. hear a little bit of the clip so you can get used to what that's going to sound like. Are you ready for it? So there's a lot of that. Did you like the sort of more electronic, dancey turn of the record? It was okay. I liked it and ready for it a little bit. It's like, it's kind of groovy. Um, but in the rest of the album, I didn't like it. Yeah, maybe we're just such fans of 1989 that this album feels different, and it should be different, right? Artists should do different things. They should experiment. We shouldn't that she shouldn't have to remake 1989. But there was something that feels very different to me than than that album, and I think I like that era of Taylor Swift. Even going back to like the album before with that song Mean, I liked a little bit of the country pop into the pop into the pop rock and into the dance pop stuff. This feels too EDM to me. Yeah, it is very EDM. Like, even when she's not singing, there's boo-doo-boo-doo-boo-doo-boo. Which sometimes it's good, right? There's very good producers working on this record. She's got some of the best people in kind of EDM dance music contributing to this. Who are some of the other guests on this album? So she has Feet, Ed Sheeran, and Future all in one song called Endgame. I think that means featuring Ed Sheeran. Oh, I thought it said Feet. Yeah. <laughs> it means um, featuring. Yeah. And then, of course, Taylor Swift, because this is her album. Yeah. the, the You don't like that new artist, Feet? I love him. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um... So, actually, the song that we both like the most actually feels like it could have been on 1989. Why why don't you describe that song for us? Yeah, so this song is called Getaway Car. It's it's not as, like, the breakdown isn't as breakdown. Right, it's a little bit more smooth. So let's listen to a little bit of Getaway Car. I had a shotgun shot in the dark. You were driving the getaway car. We were flying. something to me when we were talking about this album we were kind of preparing for the show a couple days ago about that everything is very me and then also the first single that came out look what you made me do look what you made me do it could be look what you did i think everything she's just like very self-oriented she doesn't think about any i was the bad one and you were the good guy she doesn't put that in her songs that's true. Yeah, it's all, she's always the main star of her songs, and they're always about her. You never get the feeling that they're about somebody else's life or her writing from somebody else's perspective, which can be good, and some of them are interesting, but after a while, this album feels way too much self-referential. All right, so why don't, oh, you have one more point? Yeah, I have one thing against that, one thing. She did say I did something bad, but it's, like, weird. Like, one of the lyrics in the song is, I did something bad, but why does it feel so good? So right. I don't really get that, but... I think that means it's like... That's the thing. She's also used to be this sweetheart girl, like everyone liked her, and now she's like, yeah. bad she's reputation. Like, I'm mean. 
Right. She when likes she's not. That. Right. Like, All right. So, do you want to go first? Why don't you give us who you're taking in this versus battle? Okay. So, I love Taylor Swift. She's an amazing artist. I love 1989, but I have to go with Pink. Whoa. Her, that's big news. Her album is just amazing, and I love it so much. So, there's my answer. So you're going pink over Taylor. Do you, can you give us one reason why, if you were to sum it up? I love her first single. It's amazing, and she has much more. She has much more voice when Taylor Swift's just putting all the hip hop thing. Like she, she should become a DJ if that's. <laughs> what she likes so much. Alright, so, not a big surprise. I'm going pink, beautiful trauma over Taylor Swift's reputation. Hands down. There's, a, I can listen to the Taylor Swift album. There's some enjoyable parts. Yeah. I definitely find myself liking a lot of the hooks on it. The, as an album, Pink's album is so much better. She has such a different kind of take on the world. She's commenting on what's going on around her. She's commenting on herself. She's kind of like, it's, it's, it's still self-centered. Not self-centered. It's still about her in some ways, but from a much different kind of global perspective and i just really appreciate that it comes through so much better in the songwriting i mean these are two women that are literally at the of the pop game right now uh in terms of singers uh so it's nice to have a singer actually telling stories and writing songs that actually feel like they mean something about the world as opposed to just like look at what you made me do (laughs) made me do and it's like taylor says me, me, me. Like, I could literally... There's, like, one, two, like, so many cards that um, names with me. All right, so for the first v- verses, we are going pink over Taylor Swift. We will be right back for the epic battle of Thor Ragnarok versus Justice League. Please. Be right back. Hello, I'm Chris Larry from the Larry's Pop Pod. Just want to let you know about how you can contact us and how you can interact with us online and on social media. You can find us on Instagram at the Larry's Pop Pod. That's where we like to do a lot of our engagement. Um, we're going to have some contests coming up, and that's a fun space to keep along with the podcast. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at ChrisLarry33, or you can always email us at ChrisLarry33 at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. All right, so now we're going to do our second versus battle. Kind of what set this whole thing up is we were debating in our extravaganza, holiday movie extravaganza episode, which we wanted to see more, Thor or Justice League. I was definitely on the Thor train. Amelia, what were you on? I was on Justice League. So we were debating, debating, debating. We asked social media. Some of you said Justice League. Some of you said Thor. So we had kind of an open day on Saturday. And our executive producer, Mary Larry, actually needed us to run an errand to go upstate to get our Christmas tree ornaments. And I thought to myself, you know, this is the only way our executive producer will allow this to happen is if we say we'll do that but we're going to go see a double feature at the Galleria Crystal Run Mall, which is what we did, and we saw Justice League and Thor in the same day. Just tell me about that experience first before we jump into the movies. Okay, so this was a very long day, as you can imagine. Two days of driving, two days, four hours of watching movie, and two hours of walking around the mall. So basically what happened... You don't make it sound very fun. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. Okay. So what happened basically is we drove upstate. We we went into the movie theater, Thor, first. And we went out. We kind of walked around the mall for two hours. 
we went back and saw Justice League, and then we went home. That's right. All right, so we had those things fresh in our brain, saw them back-to-back, so this is a, as true of verses as you can get. We're going to talk about the movies in the order that we saw them, which means we saw mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok first. Thor continues in the Marvel Universe. It continues the story of Thor, who's an Avenger. Uh, this one's back on his solo adventures. Very interesting. This one was a different than the other Thor movies in that it was actually kind of funny. Uh-huh. And it was directed by a young indie director named Taika Watiti, who's actually from New Zealand. He's actually, his father was Maori, which are the which are the indigenous peoples of New Zealand and of, and of that area. And his mother was actually a Russian immigrant. And he had just a different, fresh take on the movie, I think, overall. So we can talk about that in a minute. But what's your, what's, what was your instant reaction to Thor? Okay, Thor was, it was very good. I think he directed it perfectly with the right amount of action, the right amount of slow-mo parts, and the right, o- ma- the right amount of humor. And his humor was amazing. The best thing I've ever seen. Like, the first scene literally is so humorous. So, he is trapped, right? And he falls out of the cage because the person who traps him summons him. And he's hanging on a chain. And the chain is kind of turning because he just fell like a 50-foot drop. So, every time he doesn't face him, he says, Okay, wait one second, one second. And then he talks again when he can see him. And then it keeps on going around and around since, until he gets his hammer and, yeah. So, by the way, there'll be some spoilers as we talk about both of these movies. We won't try to give away big plot points, but you do have a spoiler alert right now. So mm-hmm. maybe if you want to see these movies, you can come back and listen to our take afterwards. Or if you this is going to help you make a decision, know that we won't give anything major away. Mm-hmm. Yet, yeah, Thor, it's colorful, it's fun, it's fast, it's Funny. It has a lot of great characters. Some of your old, uh, you know, you have Anthony Hopkins returning as Odin. You've got uh, Tom Hiddleston returning as Loki. This one includes Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, which was just amazing to see. Uh, and Kate Blanchett as Thor's evil older sister, Hela, mm-hmm. who kind of comes back to wreak havoc on Asgard. Now, she's a classic actress. She's won Academy Awards. She's one of the top actresses in all of the world. She crushes it as the main main villain in this movie. What do you think of Kate Blanchett? She is perfect. Her walk is she just walks like a queen, but then like an evil queen. Like <laughs> an evil queen. Um, and can you believe that that is the same actress that played Gladriel in Lord of the Rings? No, like Gladriel's so caring, giving, and this girl is like killing people. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, what are some of the things that you really liked about Thor? I really liked, as I said, the humor. Um, I liked there was like only two slow-mo parts, I think. One when he comes and struck her by lightning. And I think... You mean slow-mo like the way they caught the fight or slow-mo boring? No, like slow-mo like when they caught the fight. He like he came over and then just shot it right at it. That Those slow-mos were pretty cool. And I think the acting overall was amazing. The acting was really good. All the characters and all the actors playing the different characters were just crushing it. I mean, Idris Elba was in it. I just keep coming back to Taika Waititi <laughs> just doing such a great job directing this movie and giving it... I mean, they make these Marvel Universe movies like every year. There's so many of them. And this one, it you know, it felt a lot like the Spider-Man movie, which we loved and we talked about in a mm-hmm. podcast in our End of Summer Part 2 podcast. 
it because it's fresh, it's funny, it's doing some interesting things. It doesn't have to be all dark. Even when they have darker themes or there's definitely some heaviness to the world, there's still a lightness that this director brings. Uh, he also did two things I thought were interesting. One, he's the voice behind a character called Korg, who's super funny. Yeah. And he actually, I was just reading does the motion capture for the Fire Lord. Really? Yeah. So he, he acted in the movie as well. So I think it is just a good time romp at, at the movies. The battle scene, the gladiator battle scene between Hulk and Thor is just amazing. Yeah, that's really funny. Like, once, um, once Thor has the upper side of Hulk, then people start calling him the lightning guy. Lightning guy. <laughs> Two performances that I just really want to talk about. One was Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. What did you think of the Valkyrie character? That was... I, th- I think she was amazing. Um, she had a funny character. But I don't know what she did in the fight. She, she fought okay. But remember, her whole thing was that she was kind of like down and out and bummed out about being a Valkyrie and losing to Hela the first time. Yeah. So she was kind of like a drunk and kind of a... I mean, doing good things, but just leaving kind of a loser lifestyle. Um, but I really like the fact that they didn't cast, like, a typical white woman to be Valkyrie, and they kind of made it diverse. I think that was another interesting take on the Valkyrie character, which is a legendary Norse myth, as is all the Thor and Asgard stories are all based on the pantheon of the Norse gods. The other character I have to talk about is the character of the Grand Master, played by Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. is so funny. Jeff Goldblum was just a man unleashed in this movie. Yeah, he was, like, he was so funny. He thought he made a dream world where people fight. I don't think that's such a dream world. Yeah, it was kind of only a dream world for him. All right, so that was Thor. Uh, Let's pause here. We're going to move on to Justice League. But we are big fans of Thor. Funny, colorful, new take on old stories, uh, and a great addition to the Marvel Universe. Next is Justice League. It was co-directed by Zack Snyder, who had to leave filming and turned it over to Josh Whedon, who made the first two Avenger movies, and he kind of co-directed it, and he kind of wrote the script. It follows on the storylines, the Zack Snyder Superman movies and Superman vs. Batman, and it kind of is picks up where that movie left off. Now, this is one you were very excited to seeing. We love Wonder Woman. We love the Wonder Woman movie earlier this year. You can hear our review of that on At the Drive-In. What did you take? What was your take on Justice League? Okay. When I first was excited for this movie, I didn't... I don't know what I was thinking. This movie was horrible. Really? Horrible? I mean, it was okay. It was, like, terrible and okay. It's kind of weird. So... So why don't we? Or so let's you do this because I I agree with your take. So let's say right off the bat that we we sort of both agree that it was not a very good movie. What was terrible about it? Okay, I just have one thing to say terrible about one of the actors. Okay. Batman actually Ben Affleck was horrible, and we both think this. We are in total agreement here. Ben Affleck, uh, Affleck <laughs> is maybe the worst Batman. There's been a lot of actors who played Batman. George Clooney and Val Kilmer were generally thought of to be two of the worst Batmen of the modern era. But I gotta say, as bad as Val Kilmer especially was, I just cannot get behind Ben Affleck as either Batman or Bruce Wayne. No. 
he didn't even smile at the jokes he was supposed to say. Like, one time, so there is Flash in this movie, just saying. Flash asked, what's your superpower again? And he said, I'm rich with a straight face and not emotion in his voice. How is that fun to watch? He just doesn't bring a lot of... I mean, Batman's a dark character. That's how he's supposed to be, other than the the TV show from the 60s, which was very light. Batman's generally comes off as a heavy. So I get that, but Ben Affleck, it just does not work for me. So Batman is so important in this movie that if Batman doesn't work for you, you're kind of hurting right off the bat. Another terrible thing, I talked about this a minute ago... You could tell this was made by two different people. Are we watching yeah. the Zack Snyder movie, the Josh Whedon movie? You know, there's there's some of, there are some funny jokes and the kind of banter between the characters. That's the hallmark of Josh Whedon going back uh, to his days running Buffy the Vampire Slayer and obviously on the Avenger movies. And then Zack Snyder is very heavy, very serious, and you couldn't like it, the movie had schizophrenia. Couldn't tell which of the two movies it wanted to be. Yeah, the second act, um, the second director, I don't know his name, I'm getting confused, um, he, like, he wanted to keep the element of the last director in, but he also wanted to put, like, jokes in it. So then, he made the Batman say the joke, but still have the straight face. So, it, it, it I- I just couldn't really tell what was going on. I didn't couldn't tell the motivations of the characters. Cyborg, do we even know what's going on with him? Like, do you even know what his powers are? Other than I guess he's a robot, but he's a half. You know, I, it is so, and you don't even want to figure it out. You're not sitting there going, it's not a fun puzzle. Yeah, it's like a fun puzzle might have been them giving you clues and Cyborg not even knowing what his power was. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, maybe make him have a sense of discovery and then the audience could go along with that. All right, so there were some good things. Anything, first of all, some great characters um, and there was some good things about it. What were some things that yeah. you liked about Justice League? I liked about, I liked the villain. I think they had a good... Steppenwolf. Yeah, I think they had a good... Um, I think they had a good concept of what he was trying to steal or what he was trying to get out of this. Um, I think he was pretty cool. I think Wonder Woman, her character was amazing, played by the same actor as Wonder Woman, the movie. Gail Gadot. I've heard it said Gail Gadot or Gail Gadot, but that, yes. Same Wonder Woman. She's incredible. Yeah, she is incredible. The Flash, which we'll get to, like, in a second, was amazing. Yeah, let's talk about The Flash. The Flash, to me, was definitely my favorite thing about Justice League. I would watch a Flash movie tomorrow. It felt like the most Joss Whedon character in the whole movie. He was funny. He had some insecurities. He had a certain youthful energy. What did you like about The Flash? The Flash, it was just very energetic, as we know The Flash would be. Yeah. <laughs> but his energy, not like like physical, his energy was very like enjoyable to watch. Yeah, he really brought a certain upbeat pacing to the movie, which in other parts, it really felt like it was dragging. I appreciated his performance. I appreciated his character. You know what I read the other day? They never call him The Flash in the entire movie. They say Barry Allen, his real name, but they Mm. never call him The Flash. Did you notice that? I noticed a little bit, but I did notice that 
They called him Flash in there. They didn't call him that. They said go Flash there or go Flash in there. Yeah, like something like that. So, let's... Little pro tip, by the way, for the next Justice League movie, and we do want there to be another Justice League movie. We will see it. Get Patty Jenkins, the woman who directed the Wonder Woman movies, to direct the movie. It'll be so much better. There you go. I just gave you free advice. So, Warner Brothers... Get Patty Jenkins to direct the next Justice League movie, please. You should literally just delete the last Justice League movie and make a whole new one. <laughs> okay. Um, I think they need some of that. It wasn't. There was good parts to it, too. There was. All right, so let's get to our verses. Remember to recap in the battle of pop culture, or sorry, pop music superstars, Pink versus Taylor Swift and their new albums. We went with Pink. And in this battle royale, this clash of the titans of the DC and Marvel Universe, big holiday movie, superhero bonanzas, what I will say, hands down, not even a question, seven days a week, 365 days a year, Thor Ragnarok is a better movie than Justice League. That is my versus winner. Amelia? Okay. So, this is not hard for me at all. I think Thor Ragnarok wins the verses. That wins your verses? That's hard for you to say, considering how much you love Wonder Woman. I know. Wonder Woman is like the best DC character ever. And Supergirl. But anyway, I think that Thor just stole my mind. It stole your mind. Thor stole your mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that was our first versus episode. If you have ideas for things that we'd want to battle head-to-head... Go ahead and send them to us. Uh, you can email me at chrislarry33 at gmail.com. Or, better yet, record your own Versus episode, and we will run them on the Larry's Pop Pod. And any segment we run, you get two free movie passes. We will be right back with a little bonus pop content. We've got friend of the pod, Joe Moyer, recording with us. We did this a couple of weeks ago after we saw Coco. Uh, we recorded, and we, that ran already on the past episode, but we also did a little bit of talking about the Frozen animated short that runs beyond before Coco. So we'll give you our take on that and talk a little bit about whether that was a good idea to put it on Coco. So we will be right back. One surprising element of this movie was that they actually had a Frozen animated short. Now, it's not that weird. Pixar always has animated shorts in the theatrical release of their movies, but I don't think anyone expected to see a Frozen one. It was 20 minutes long. I thought we went to the wrong theater. Me too. Frozen is a bit contentious because Frozen was everything for you and kids your age, and then it was like you don't even want to talk about it. So, what was your reaction? Were you excited to be back in the world of Arendelle, or were you like, Frozen, really? I roll. Um, I think nothing. No Frozen 2 can overcome the first one. So that's still number one in your heart? No. I think it's number one for little kids. Like, I know this little kid named Hana, and favorite thing is Frozen. Like, she loves it. So I think kids who are three or four years old, they just love Frozen. They'd like another movie, but I don't know. I think the first one is much better. So it was a short a little bit like... I actually found the short a a little bit annoying. It was like four or five songs packed in there. 
Uh, it felt too long. And quite frankly, Pixar movies, they usually have like a cool kind of arty. Remember the one about like the little sandpiper bird on the shore? Yeah. Yeah, like so they're a little bit usually, I don't know. This one felt a little bit cheap to me. Yeah, I was surprised myself that it was such a long short, right? I mean, we're in there thinking, am I actually in the right movie? Like you said, Amelia. And it went on for 20 minutes, four or five songs. I thought they could have cut it down, condensed it, gave us a nice little preview. Then we get into the Coco movie. Yeah, the songs are a little bit weird. I just wanted to watch the movie. Like the movie Coco? No, I wanted to. I wanted to see what's going on. I didn't want the songs. Oh, not all the songs. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it felt like a little bit forced. All right, so there's your little. So you you will talk about Coco here in a second, but uh, but don't be, be surprised. Be prepared. You yeah. will have a frozen short, uh, and you know maybe tweet at us or get us back if you have a, a different take on. Our, uh, we were we were warm, lukewarm on Frozen. I would say. Until next time. Bye bye. <laughs>